is like saying that all the spirits around here can actually be a witness. Do you understand? I don't know if you might just if you get what I'm saying. So, uh, what you so what you uh, you became is explaining. He is he is just told you the next thing I was going to say, which is how do we invoke the spirits? I wanted you to understand the concepts first, right? So now. There is no item who hand it, who put in your hand and say this is offer no. You may have an item given to you from your father and say it's okay. Like if you have okay, think of left and right hand. When we open our hands in evil culture and say like waka waka mobiocha, we are just talking with humans face to face. But if we call a phone phone go back, bear me witness, or agama borogo for agamichu go is to call upon or cry or invoke or bring or that word has different meanings but basically it just means summons i will summon the gods that be the powers that be the greater powers that be to bear me a new witness that's why i told you it's like karma the difference between but it's a little bit different because karma is something will happen to you the payback will happen to you later you know in Igbo culture we reference those two deities because we believe they have the power to do and undo or to set to love scores and i told you we, we invoke them in a palace for justice of course, you cannot. If anytime you hear the word justice, somebody's wrong. Regardless of intentionality or not, somebody's wrong. That's when we use it. And it is not a certain thing. Now, there are some parts of Igbo land you go to, and they'll tell you, okay, Ejimofo. Some will tell you Ejimoku. In most parts of me, in blanket Igbo land, you hear us say two of them. In terms of them, we say Ofonoku. Right? So you choose. But they are only someone for justice now we understand in evil mythology we don't have angels the only time you have the much like that is when we're talking about the christian god now and we say more which is the spirit of god or spiritual beings that are servants of god so but in pure evil culture we do not have angels we do not have any any reference to angels we have references though to spirits of deities, your spirits of ancestors, depending on what you worship and what you see and what has been handed down to you. Now, you see some parts of evil land where we say, okay, we have evil forests. Those evil forests now can only be entered by certain people. That one is for a community and it's only the chief priests and people authorized or elders that can go in there. It's not something like you wake up and say, okay, this is Buddhism. This is how you worship in Buddhism. You cross your legs and light your candles and nod your head and everybody understands this is Buddhism. You may do different kinds, slightly different, but the acceptable practice is to no, in evil culture. We worship, we have freedom of worship, we worship our gods in our own ways. Now, if you now want to go back and now say, okay, hey, I want a standardized way to worship. I don't wake up in the morning and pray like the Christians pray because I want to worship God in my own way or in my own nativity. Then you worship freely. You pray to Chukwabiyama or you pray to your ancestors. If both of them works. So I want you to understand that part. Is there any other question for now before I move forward? Oh, because um, I'm going to get stuff. Yeah, you will probably get to this, but on your day to day, is how is um nut, orgy, and or palm wine or libations and in interface in your daily prayer practices? Depending on how you practice, you pray. You don't need cola wine. You don't need cola wine. You don't need cola nuts or wine. For Chinegabiyama, there is nowhere to give him cola nut or wine. If you want to do a, a, a sacrifice or festivity back in the day, there are people that would do pilgrimages down to the hills of the gods and do bigger sacrifices for cleansing and all that. But in your day to day, you want to pray to Chinegabiyama, you open your mouth and call on him straight up. You don't need a priest, you don't need any libations, you don't need anything. When we use cola nuts, wine, osoji, and 
Dracula sometimes or other artifacts to libate or give as gifts. Those are norms for your particular family or your particular village as ascribed to you by your direct ancestors. You can wake up tomorrow and not do it anymore. But certain deities require certain things. And those come from your immediate family. It's not a blanket thing for all people. And now, the reverse is the case when we in big festivals that involve the community or the hamlets. Let, let's take from hamlets through communities where our elders come in public and they break Konanot and give thanks. They give thanks to Chukwagema first. Then they give thanks to our ancestors. But there is no idol standing that they just libate to. So they libate freely. Some of them will libate with a drink in their hands to the gods of the land to our ancestors to drink in reference to the ancestors. But it's not a daily worship thing. You can wake up in the morning and do it and make it a daily thing to libate to your ancestors because your family does that for your own small family god. That's fine. So now, when you see us break big cola, we look at cola, when we give colas to our big deity now, which is the village deity, those we come with gifts, we do not worship our deities empty-handed. That's why I told you there are certain processions that has to be in place. And you as a regular commoner in the village cannot offer those gifts and cannot lead those prayers. Those prayers have to be done by your chief priests or by the elders of the village. There are some communities that double their, their kings, double as chief priests sometimes. So if you want to pray to, if you want to wake up every morning and pray to, or pray the way your ancestors used to pray, that is not the way Christians will pray or Muslims will pray. Wake up in the morning, raise your hands to the gods early in the morning and say your prayers and Koro Mweko Fondu. Watch the way I used it. Koro Mweko Nizumunogi Ofondu. So now you're invoking the spirit, the more of life. You pray, you, you pray to God and you bless your land, you bless your family, you bless yourself, you bless your people, and you move on. Then if you want to add a libation to your family, we'll notice we don't throw the libation up. We pour it on the ground because we buried all our ancestors and we said, or this part of us, our heritage, drink this, we call different names. Sometimes we even do it casually. When we sit down with ourselves and we want to drink, the first thing we do is libate to our ancestors. So I'm gonna it's a form of prayer, it's a form of reverence, it's a form of it's a form of humility. And if there is some of us just do it without even thinking about it, we just okay, let's 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 libate a little bit. So now people like me now, when I came back to the United States and I saw rappers dumping dumping off libation uh, libation for their dead friends and whatever, I smiled. Because I was like, okay, I can relate to that. I know what they're doing. Until now, it, now it's now no more practice. Or I'm, I'm pouring out the drink from my voice, which is not the same thing anymore. It's no longer prayers. It's just reference. In Igbo culture, we use it in three ways. We use it as reference. We use it as, as prayer. And we use it as symbolism that our ancestors are still with us. We acknowledge them. Right? So I'm going to pause here for a second. Is there any question, guys, in the audience? If you have any question, please raise your hand and come up. Like, yeah, I, yes. don't know it, I don't know it all. And if you have any objections to anything I'm saying, please ask. There is a lot of things that I may not explain directly. That if you ask a question, it will actually bring my attention to that. So yeah. um, and we can handle that. I yeah I I second that I I concur. If anybody has anything to add or questions that they want to ask about what's being discussed, please do raise your hand. We'll be happy to hear from you. But um, as we waiting for anybody who has questions, let me um ask my own. So I've heard that um there are ebos because like I I want to like actually also put out there that like different people actually like ebo has this general pantheon that everyone kind of acknowledges. Everyone acknowledges Chubokike no matter where you Chubokike or Chubabiyama. Everyone, no matter where you go, will be able to recognize that. Ch 
she is another one that anywhere you go, you'll be able to recognize that. They may reference it or believe something different about it, but everybody will re recognize that. Ikenga is something that everybody will recognize that word, you know, how they use it or if they use it or if they invoke it. It's different, but everybody recognizes that word and the fact Can that I that is. For yes. is mostly for central evil people. Oh, okay. So, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah, thank you. And Ikenga, Ikenga, Ikenga well, is, a, is a God messenger. It's not a God. Okay, but I just want to yeah, say. Ahead, yeah, the, po the point that I'm making is that there's not one size fits all. So he, when he said that you should ask your your village people or your parents, so he's I very, very... So just have different people in different regions. So it could be that you're talking about the people in Anambra and the rest of them, but it's not central. There's no central evil. So when, yeah. I mean, when I mean central, when I mean central evil, the people that reference, the people that reference, okay, okay, I see what you what you did there, like Anambra. Okay, let's go back all the way back. So before we have our. So let, let me just because this is actually just a precursor. Um, right. when Knight said that you should speak to the people, your local people, your village people, your parents, or whoever. Um, he is very, very right. My point in just saying that is that there are certain there are certain things that are known um, that that are there. They may be referenced differently. They may be in, invoked differently. But there are certain things that are just everyone recognizes those names. But how your particular location uh, references them, invokes them, addresses them, um, you will want to get specifics from the people in your area. That's number one. Number two, there are some people that believe in reincarnation. A lot of them don't nowadays, especially you know with the Christianity, but there are some people who believe in reincarnation. I don't know if you intend to speak on that at all, um, but uh, it's something I will, that... I will. I'll touch on that a little bit, but let me clarify uh, what you came to begin. When I say central evil, right? I'm saying central evil like, okay, if we go back into, we go way, way back, way before we split. I understand what you're trying to say. Evil land is evil land. We have different, different um, communities that make that make up evil land. It's not just one thing. But when I threw in, well, sorry, I, I, I was forward to say Ikenga is for central evils because Ikenga, the people that use it or the people that ascribe that word Ikenga, meaning our right hand, which is as a, as a, as a combination of our ancestors, our chi, and our right hand, it's actually a... Um, how do I explain it? Ikenga is a phenomenon as of strength, a phenomenon of strength, but that can also be symbolized as a messenger of the gods. But that that messenger now is not a human being, it's not one thing. It's a combination of our chi, our ancestors, and our willpower, which is what, what the right hand signifies. That's what Ikenga means. So when we say that word Ikenga, or we call somebody Ikenga, or we confide the title as the king. Even now, we University of um, 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 Fudo Inouye also uses it as their mascot. It just symbolizes strength, willpower, drive that comes from our heritage and our personal resolve. That personal resolve is as a matter of your chi in you, your small chi, your personalized God, and then your strength, your willpower strength, which basically you can say your mind power. That is what the phenomenon of Kinga is. There are some people now that would look at it and take only the chi inside of our ancestors our ancestor and our ancestor, the ancestors that make up the Kinga now and actually like this to them or use it as a title or create another misnomer phenomenon from it and ascribe a godliness or a godlike figure onto it. What I'm trying to say is if you look at Greek mythology or the old Greek mythology, you hear some 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 deities that are not called gods but they're like sprites and fairies and stuff that have their own powers and stuff. We in evil we don't really have sprites and fairies. We have fairy godmothers as a whole different thing, but we don't have fairies and sprites. But we have this phenomenon that we create, which is a, a combination of our ancestral beliefs, our ancestors, our chi, which is our 
personal motivation and our mind or our right hand, which is our strength. And we tag that word, Ikenga. It's not a Chuba Biyama, it's not a devil, it's not a deity, it's not a, it's not a, a, a community god. There is no community that is our god. It is Ikenga. You never see that in Nicoland. So when I use the word central, I was trying to put it in the area of people that really observe that phenomenon, but yeah, I was wrong in saying central ego, but use it as blanket ego. In ego land, there is no God named Kinga. It's a phenomenon. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, so because three people have taken the stage, I would love them to introduce themselves and just if they have something briefed or something that they that spoke to them as they were that they were listening or something they have a question or anything that thoughts they have on what we've been talking about, please share. I just want to know who we have here on the stage with us. Uh, let's start with Hassani, then Sen, then Chukuma. Uh, hello, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, my name is Hassani. Uh, I am uh, an African-American of Igbo descent, I guess you can say. Um, well, not I guess, I am. Um, so I wanted to know, first of all, thank you for having this discussion. Uh, Odinani is uh, definitely uh, definitely a fascination of mine. Um, so I wanted to know: Are there any books that you can recommend? Um, like, there's a there's a website called Evil Cybershine, and uh, they have some books in there. Uh, any other books in there any good? Are there any books you can recommend? Um, I actually follow Evo Cyber Shrine as well, and I think the books they have on that website are pretty good. There's also After God is Media, but it's hard to find that in the States. I think most of those books are in, um, in Nigeria. There is also, I mean, there are books on Amazon. I'm not sure how good they are. Um, the ones that I think would be best are the ones that are written actually by people and practitioners in, in Igbo land, but, um... It's kind of not easy to come by. There are people who've come here uh, and written some. Uh, I would just go to that particular website. I would I would prefer to go to somebody you trust and potentially find a community because then you can actually go deep with that way of looking at it and um and uh, actually understand and know what you're practicing. So that would be my recommendation. Anybody else have recommendation? I was going to say that if he wants to like get the basics about pre-colonial Igbo religion and all, one of the most simple, one of the simplest ways to do that is to actually read um, the trilogy file. If you a hint into it, then you can actually read other books and watch videos online but if you read Trinity based things full apart if you read Arrow of God then you get to understand the lots first. Thank but you then, I have all I have all of his books actually so thanks. <laughs> okay so if you have if you have things full apart and arrow of God you will see you will hear some mentions of some of the things I'm saying especially with the Kungwa Day and the elders being they taking the form of gods and stuff like that. But, and hopefully the conversation we're having today will throw more light than what the book did. Keep in mind the book is part fiction, part, well, it's a fictional work that is based on some attributes of Igbo culture. So what we're, what we're, we're discussing here is the hierarchy and the division of what our style and way of worship is then clarifying the differences between the, the hierarchy of our gods just like the indians will tell you that okay they have um, their primary god which is Vishnu. then you have other smaller gods or reincarnation or reincarnation different forms of the same god in different in different terms and balance of krishna Ganesh, um, let me see, which other one do I like? Uh, eh, whatever, Kibu. I don't, I don't know. So, for us, that's what we're doing here. Is then at the same time, we're explaining how you worship these gods, and that way, we, we want to explain to, be, to, our, to ourselves that, okay, there is no one assigned way to worship these gods, the only way to our worship, or once you're talking to God the Father, which is 
because they have us. You pray on your own. You choose how you talk to him. There is no there is no constraint. But then if you're dealing with your own deities, your family deities, or your personalized deities, you you do what your personal your family has always done and handed down to you. Then there is a medium there. There is the gods of the land which you also belong to. If you if you follow African traditionality, you can wake up and say, I'm not, I'm not doing this, I don't want to be part of it. In evil culture, nobody's gonna kill you, nobody's gonna disturb you because we have freedom of association in the right way, in the real way, the real understanding of what freedom of association is. And that one now is what we're talking about when we say the family village god or the deity that the village worships, and that one Worshiping it, it's not something commoners would do. It's something that only priests or prophetess or priestesses, English priestesses would do. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Hassani, um, have you heard of the Igbo village that's in Virginia? <laughs> yes, ma'am. I've actually uh, been there. Okay, because I, I, I was there a couple of years ago and I know they had some kind of uh, ceremony for African Americans who trace their roots back to Igbo land. Have you been given an Igbo name yet? <laughs> um, yeah, actually, I was given an Igbo name by my uncle uh, when I went to Nigeria in 2017. Okay, that's yes. And uh, and uh, my mother uh, was given her Igbo name um, in 2018 uh, uh, in, in Igbo village. That's beautiful. Actually, by the same family, by the same uncle. Okay, I wanted to refer you to them as like resources, but um, that seems like you, you're like well on your way. That's awesome. Um, Sim, would you like to introduce yourself and let us know some more about you? Yeah. Okay. Hi. Um, I'm Kineme, and I just have a quick question because it's one thirty a.m. where I live right now, so I'm actually going to bed right now but i wanted to say like thank you for really breaking it down and i'm trying to find out more about my traditional religion and everything around about it um but i just wanted to ask you if you have some advice because i want to know more about Hebrew traditional religion but my family is really christian both up here, but also in Nigeria. Um, so I don't know if you have any advice for people with really Christian families. I've yeah. tried to like ask my father about like some things about ancestors, but they they just shut it down. And yeah, it's really terrible. So, <laughs> so I don't know if you heard me when I said uh, I was born Catholic, but raised as a priest of God, so raised Pentecostal. Yeah. So on both sides of my family, when I mean both sides, both mom's side and dad's side, I we have raised nine reverend fathers and four reverend sisters and we host of preachers and pastors. The mistake we made was buying the white man's lie because we didn't know. And I'm saying this, I wanna be harsh that way that way we hit the point I really wanna hit with this. Nothing says we can't worship the Christian notion of God. When I mean the Christian notion of God, as in come to anyone that believes in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that shall be saved. And still believe our traditionality without using religion which is crafted by the Europeans to obliterate our traditionality. Let me tell you why I said so. From the from the conception of Jesus Christ on earth, his parents had to go back to their village for census. That has nothing to do with religion. That has everything. You can say the Romans were their leaders, but that doesn't matter. That was their that was their that was their secular act. When they gave birth to Jesus, they brought him back, he started growing. Time for Passover, which is a Jewish festivity. His family went to the temple, they went all the way for days to the temple, just like we used to travel back to the village for whatever reasons. That has nothing to do with religiosity now. 
that is going back to Jewish traditions and Jewish well, part of their worship, but it is localized to them. When you hear them say, observe the Sabbath and people attacking him for preaching during the Sabbath or healing during the Sabbath and all that, they were attacking him for going against not the worship paths, but their religion and their secularism and what they've accepted to be the day of rest and the day of worship and all that. When you hear him tell his disciples to pay taxes, it is conforming to the laws of the land, not to the laws of Christianity or worship the Lord thy God. What has the white man religion done to blacks? It doesn't matter if it's Islam or Christianity. I'm talking about religion. I'm not talking about faith. I'm not talking about the tenets of faith. I'm talking about just the religiosity. It comes in anywhere it is planted. It obliterates the people's tradition. This is what we're seeing in northern Africa right now, northern Nigeria, where the four Usman Danfodios campaign that brought Islam to all of Africa. We had the houses and other people had their local tradition. And this are not unique in this reference. It's the same thing like in Iran. Before the before the concept of Islam coming in, in the seventh century or whatever, from Mecca and spreading out. They had their local traditions. But then Islam comes in, it wipes everything out. Same thing Christianity was doing in Europe. And tried to do in Latin America. But got a pushback in the lower Latin America, in the low in, in the lower Southern Americas. Same thing that happened with us, that almost happened in the Asias. So the Japanese, the Chinese, they all pushed pushed both Islam and Christianity away and kept their way of life. Today you still have penetrations of Christianity, but that's on that's based on choice. Like you go to Korea, you see a bunch of Christians, I think, per capita or whatever, they have the highest number of Christians and stuff. Then later on you go to the Philippines and know okay, the Catholic Church and the colonization of the Spanish and bringing their religion and all that made them now have that as their religion. But all other factions or peoples that have had civilization before the inception of Christianity and Islam, it was extremely suppressed and pushed back. Because of the obliteration nature of this religion on their culture. Not because people did not want to be saved or people did not want to hear. If you look at it at different times, what happens with the Christian campaign, the European version of the Christian campaign, there is you have all your nice templars, your nice this and that and that and that. You, you, you must agree to our God and to our rule and be subjected or else we take your head off. Then when the Muslims started doing their own, the Genghis Khan and all of them, they did the same exact thing. Now in Africa, those of us that are staunched in our tradition or steeped in our traditions, we understand the difference between the tenets of faith and still the practice of our tradition. We understand where they don't go across, even if you didn't show off Christianity or Islam. In our traditionality, we understand what is right and what is bad. And we also have evil in our tradition. We don't need the white man to explain evil and good to us. We don't need the white man explain the concept of God to us. We don't need the white man to explain the channels of which you get to God, which is the fight between Christians and Muslims. This one believes Jesus is the Son of God. This one believes Muhammad is his prophet and Jesus is the prophet. This one believes the Holy Spirit will be your comforter and your helper. This one believes there's no concept like the Holy Spirit. That's a joke. Then they start fighting. Apart from these four things, everything that Islam agrees with, Christianity, is actually the same religion. If you just take away four things, what's your arm to God? What's the definition of a prophet and son of God or blasphemy? Then, why do you kill in the name of God? Once you take those four things and you address them, the two religions are similar. I used to have this book that my uncle gave to me. <laughs> it 
the same uncle I was talking about that was supposed to be a chief priest in my in in, in, in his village. He's my mom's my mom's older brother that ended up becoming uh, an assembly of God reverend. He gave me a book and says different this the title of the book, this is like twenty years ago when I was younger. The title of the book says the different world religions are similarities to Christ. Buddhism, Krishna, Islam, and started naming others as seven things. So in each chapter, it explained the similarities. And I asked him, I said, where is the African tradition? And he says, we have too many. You can put it in the book, which is true. Just in Igbo land alone. If you can understand this concept that I'm explaining, that there is a blanket gene that we all believe in, that we have inside of us, then above that gene is the Chukwadiyamach, Nebo, Ike, everything. Then we still have our own deities and our office that we create as, a, as, as villages and as families and as personal deities. You now see that for one evil man, you have the concept of God the Father. You have your chief that is a communicator, a smaller God that you can flip him and use him as a soul or conscience or whatever. Then you now have your if you if you if you if you are still in the village and without before the inception of the white man or any other religion, you are now subjected to your family god if you have one and your village god, your village deity if you have another one. So for one evil man that existed in let's say the 14th century. You have four different or five different concepts of what God is, and you can create one yourself. So, the only thing we agree upon, though, is there is a Chukwabiyama, that is the all-knowing God. Then, there is a chi that we all believe we carry on our, on our inside as equals. Then, we understand deities. Those deities now morph into Either they are personalized deities or they are community deities or they are foreign deities. We don't you guess where I'm going with the foreign deities? But, That's but. Where you have your DVRD, your DVRs now coming in that you consult. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to make sure that Cynthia got her question answered because I know that she's going to be going to bed soon. According to her, so what Cynthia, okay, okay. Cynthia yeah. so your question is, um, you want to learn more because your parents do not know, like do not talk about it, they shut it down, and because you were raised Christian. So, I'm going to tell you this, you can follow yeah. the evil rules yeah. and learn. Huh? Yeah. Sorry, it's also because you mentioned earlier that You'd have to know a lot about your family, deities, and uh, your village, uh, prayers, and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. If you want to, that is if you want to practice, right? If you just want to know, I was saying you need to know where you're from and stuff because I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to, to send the individual back to his people to know their form and their, their style of worship. Right? And what they do. So let me give you an example. If I'm from Imo State now, let me use Mpise again. Let's say I'm from Mpise now, and my people worship a different way. I cannot go to Nkano or go to Abakilipi and know exactly their practices and how they worship their gods because it's unique to them. And that's the funniest thing about Igbo culture. We are homogeneously alike but very diverse and different. So we agree. We agree in some things. We agree in the concepts. I think yesterday I was using chairs to explain this. We agree in the notion of this is a chair, but that chair may be a couch, it may be a stool, it may be a footrest, maybe an ottoman, but it's still considered a chair. So that's 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 the way evil culture is. We believe we understand the notion. We believe in the notion. We agree on the notion, but the substance and the interpretation of that notion. It's slightly skewed for us. So for you to know more about your own deity and your own village, you're going to know where you're from. There is a reason why your parents are shunning it. Why they're shunning it is, in some of our families now, some of us have abandoned the religion or want to get away from it and imbibe, quote-unquote, Christianity, both the faith part of Christianity and the religion part of Christianity. That's why I think, that's why I mentioned earlier that I have an uncle that was supposed to be a chief priest. And he decided not to go that route. And then decided to, quote-unquote, follow Jesus and stuff, which is fine. Now, what I didn't tell you was,
because we're going to get mad and infest the land and blah, 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 and all those talk. We were waiting for him to die. And he was like, well, if I die, I die. Right? So, if he, if there are parents that would be like, okay, they want to, they want to pick up Christianity and drop African traditionality or the Igbo traditional way of worship. I told you, in Igbo culture, we have the freedom to do that. You can, you have the freedom. There is no penalty for you to stop worshiping. Unless it's your personal God or a deity that your family has a different commune with. And now you owe that deity. I'm going a little bit dark now. You owe that deity a certain set of agreed upon worship patterns, items, or times when you're supposed to worship that deity. And then the deity, because a lot of people in the West don't believe in dark powers and stuff, we, 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 in the South, in Africa, we don't understand the dark powers. That's a different thing from just the normal, the nominal notion of what God is and the God we worship. When we started this room, don't you wanted me to touch that? So for you that want to know more, you will know more by, under, by knowing, first of all, where are you from? Then, understanding the basic accepted concepts of what God is and what African traditionality is. Mm. So and that does not negate you from being a Christian. Yeah. So, um, Sin, uh, I, I forgot what you said your name is. Is it Chinamera? Yeah, Chinamera. Um, so basically, uh, what he's saying is, is is great. I wanna just for those people who may, you know, just be wanting to understand the general topics, um, just like the archetypes that are in the the uh, Adenani or Adenala religious space. <laughs> Um, with, without maybe going too far, maybe you're not ready to ask your kinsmen about it, but you just want to understand those general um, ideas in it. Um, and you just want to like see if it's something that you want to understand a little bit more. You know, when you go to undergrad, you go to undergrad before you go to grad school. Um, I recommend, like I said before, for those who are just joining us, the Medicine Shell channel. Medicine, as in all wool, medicine you take from the doctor. And Shell, like a turtle shell, Medicine Shell YouTube channel. He has a lot of details about, um, you know, Chi, Chuku, Agu, um, you know, uh, Ikenga, like he, ha uh, he has videos on all of these concepts, namely how our ancestors prayed and stuff like that. So if you want, it's just like an educational video, like these videos that just talk about that concept. Then if you were to go to your, your, your kinsmen, you will then know the words. So if they're, if they're explaining something to you, you can say, okay, yes. If they say, um, I will, you're like, okay, I, I kind of know what that is. Can you tell me more? You know, so that might be a good place to start for some of you. And then for the rest of you, you know, if you already have some, some, some experience or understanding, just, yeah, he's right. Like the different places they worship differently. So it would be a good idea to go to your particular village to know the specifics of maybe there are some deities or some practices that are specific to your area. And that's something that you will have to do. Um, I hope that helps you, uh, Chinemen. Yeah, thank you. Like, uh, I just want to say, like, I'm, I want to go that traditional route. Like, I, from a young age, I already started to question uh, Christianity and uh, Catholicism. So that's why I'm interested in knowing more about what my ancestors they practiced. I will say, say that um, last time I was in Nigeria, uh, back home in our village, I got the impression that it, everybody, like all the children my age, um, they went to, uh, what's it called, uh, the rosary practice. Not rosary? Yeah, exactly. So okay. I the feeling that like the traditional re religion is not as accepted as back where I'm from. Okay, so you see, thank you for saying, thank you for saying that. You see how they all went to block rosary because it's a not is a is a is a hugely accepted thing to go to block rosary because some of us in our communities are Catholics, right? It, 
doesn't mean their parents don't still turn around and like to their to their to their to their ancestors or or some other forms of worship. Now it's not even a hypocrisy thing. It's more of a choice thing. Like I told you, we have the freedom as Jews to do whatever we want when it comes to worship, depending on how it's set up. It's a set up as a personal thing. It's a set up as a family thing. It's a set up as a village thing. The white man came. In other parts that the white man came, their cultures were obliterated. I was held firm because it's too steep. I was held firm because it's totally like it's totally like it's a holistic culture, right? So when you went to the village and you saw all the kids gathered for block rosary, I can guarantee you some of those kids that are gathered for block rosary, their parents in four months were still doing New Year festival, which is not a bad thing. There are, there's a side of it that is just festival. There are some side of it where people will consult rainmakers and consult different deities to bless their yam and stuff like that and stuff. Just because they went to church does not mean they totally the lines of the church and why and i just have to explain why that's the now if you want to know for sure if you want to go in like what Udoji told you what we're doing here today is explaining the fundamental basics that will give you the sure footing to now explore your own version or your own attributes of what the worship in your place as ascribed to your village or your family is so that way you don't get confused when you go home and you go ask your grandfather what do we worship and he says something like we worship Agudon and you're like okay why are we worshiping Agudon he tells you it's our ancestor and then you get confused and you say okay when, what, when was Agudon born or something like that or who is Agudon Chinegabiam and he says no that two different things. Do we worship Jinakabiama? Yes. Do we worship Agudo? Yes. Why? Which one is bigger? Then he starts going in. If you don't understand the basics, he will confuse you by telling you the truth. But to you, it will come from different ways. It's the same way if you take somebody that's never been to school. Let me use Doji to Doji's analogy now. And you throw them into a calculus class. They may know what one in the figures one, two, three, four, five, six, and TH means, but if you show them an equation for derivatives, they don't know what it means. What is that? What is the capital A and N raised to power 3 TH? So, what we're doing here is to explain relationships of the basic fundamentals. So that way, when you walk into your calculus class and somebody is now explaining this is letter A, it's a symbolism for you can exchange it for any letters. And this is Ken, and this is the, this is the equation for the rate of change with respect to time to the nth degree. You understand exactly what I said. You don't know what the derivative is going to be used for. If it's engineering, or if it's, if it's accountancy, or if it's economics, or it's stocks, you don't know. You just know it's the rate of of change with respect to time to some degree. But you understand the concept of the rate of change. That concept of rate of change. We're giving you the foundation here to understand. And what Doji is saying is if you want to know individualistically more of these terminologies, you can go to the, the, the um, I think she said the Igbo shell. Medicine shell. The medicine shell. And this the guy in the medicine shell took his time and created videos on each subject. And he would explore it way more than I would do in a two-hour conversation here. So basically, honestly, this conversation we're having here now, even if it's open to everybody, it will be a little bit more easier if I'm talking to people that already have this foundation. But we are doing it to give our people that foundation because our parents did not do this. Or we had lags in the education of the average people. Like you see how you say when you went to the village in December, you saw kids going to block which is them learning the fundamentals of the Catholic Church and the sacraments. That's what block grocery teaches you, the seven sacraments that are the building blocks of the Catholic Church. If we, if you had gone to the village and you saw your, your cousins and your brothers sitting down in a moonlit folklore gathering and singing songs and learning from an older older person how to pray the gods of our land the new year festival the 
decided for our land, you walk away from there going, mm, I want to know more because this this speaks to my heritage, this speaks to me, I can connect to this. That's what we're doing here, right? So, and I, I know you have to go to bed, so I'm going to tell you this. Please, um, you can follow the moderator, you can follow me, and we would add you to the evil room. That way you can see um, the different topics we were touching on every Monday at 9 p.m. Central. We are doing Akukufu and Akufu. Why we're doing that is because we're realizing that, okay, the power of storytelling and the morals and explaining the moralities and things that we get out of it is a strong tool to communicate our culture. Then on Tuesdays, we're doing Q&A answers. I wish that we knew you before yesterday. Yesterday one was fantastic because we handled marriage. The next one we're going to do is marriage and food, or just food. So if you join the Igbo room, the Igbo house or whatever, or you, know, you follow one of us, we'll, we'll ping you or we'll you or you see our events, you start gaining more. That way we start feeling that puzzle that looks like an empty puzzle right now. You know some things about your heritage and your culture, but the more you, you indulge in this, discussions, you indulge in these rooms, you learn more, so you start filling your puzzle board and start building that picture. After you finish building that picture, if you flip it, it becomes your foundation now. So whenever you're speaking on different topics, you already have established a foundation of knowledge. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it does. Really, thank you very much for the explanation. Alright. Uh, the shell medicine. Um, the shell. Medicine chill, yeah. I'll look that up. I just want to say thank you again and have a nice evening or night or day. <laughs> thanks, thanks for joining us, Kinnaman. Um, let me give Yahael an opportunity to um, introduce. I can't tell if you're a guy or a girl, but introduce yourself and um, and just tell, tell us what your thoughts are on, on the topic. Um, and then after that, Sharma will speak just to kind of see, you know, who, you know, I like to give everyone who's on the stage a chance to just introduce themselves and tell us their experience. And I've been seeing you clap like crazy, Yahel, so I would love to, you know, hear your thoughts on what's been said. Honestly, first of all, good evening, everybody. It's, it's midnight where I am, but I'm so happy to hear this room and see it happening. Um, it's, it, I came in and I was I was skeptical because I wasn't sure as to what the conversation would be about. But honestly, all I can say is well done for first of all having such a space like this. I'm really happy to meet everyone here. My name is Yahil um Kamara Ono. Um it's quite interesting what um night um, um if I'm it's night, right? Night. Cool. Yeah, it's night. Nice to meet you, brother. And um Udochi, nice to meet you as well. Um my mother is from Onitsha, but she's half Igbo, half um, House of Flani, and my dad is from Senegal. So I'm a Muslim, but um, it's quite interesting because I was quite lucky to have grown up being taught how to speak Igbo alongside the other languages that I grew up with. And um, But with the other cultures, especially with the Senegalese side, I'm very much, as well as being a Muslim, we grew up with our tradition alongside, which kind of contradicted what you said in terms of the the kind of um, eradicated nature of um, Islam and Christianity, knowing that in Senegal and Mali and Guinea and other countries, Islam has been present for a very long time, but our tradition has been also quite present. I literally just got back from Senegal two weeks ago, less than two weeks ago actually. And, um, it was the time where people were being circumcised, when young boys were being circumcised and taken to be initiated in their villages. And you can see them in the street in Dakar with their white robes holding it away from their, you know, their beef. So it doesn't affect them. I'm learning, but it, it's, in other countries, it's a lot more, or in other cultures, should I say, yeah, should I say, it's a lot more apparent how people move with their faith and their culture, sometimes, a lot of the time, side by side, it's very much apparent in Zaya. Anyway, I don't know if any of you guys have had the opportunity to go, you should definitely go, there's a huge group, um, Igbo community there, also a group, huge house of community there, traditionally. Whatever I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
your culture. That is why I explained that even Jesus on earth, if his parents, they still adhere to the cultural laws of the time in their own locality. And that had nothing to do with believing in God and accepting Christ. They still he, all of his family has did. Mary knew who he was because she understood the Immaculate Conception. But that does not mean she has to go against their localized culture as being Jews or being Hebrew or the law of the land, even if it was sometimes with Roman oppression and stuff. So that was what I was explaining. So thank you for saying that. I'm not saying, okay, every part of anywhere Islam touches it, it loses everything. No, it tends to do that. Look at present day Turkey and what we see. Uh, even from even from then this time and all that we understood Turkey, Constantinople, which was Christian, it was um, it was this, it was that. At one time they were all commingled. Now what are we seeing? The Muslim faction is trying to obliterate the Christianity and the and the, and the, and the traditional side of them. Same thing is happening in Egypt. Back in the day, Egypt was looked upon because of the pharaohs and everything as a center and a citadel for knowledge where both Christians, African traditions, uh, traditionalists, the, uh, the Nubians, your Muslims, the Judaisms and all that, and the Christians from Ethiopia and all, they all mingled and stayed, even till today. Now, because of Islam, we are praying and trying to protect the, what, what, what are they called, Catholic Christian or Coptic Christians in, in, in Egypt. And they've existed there for, for, for hundreds and thousands of years. Take that down to back to, to old Babylon, Iraq, same thing is happening. So with Islam, it tends to try to obliterate the localized culture. Same thing with Christianity. Where 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 it gets a hold. I I think I, I definitely agree with what you're saying that uh, so, of, of, of what you are saying that holds true. But um, so I wanna also flip on his head as well. That there is an aspect, for example, I was in a room where they were talking about African tradition and there was people talking about Pan-Africanism, etc, etc, and, and ritual beliefs. And someone that was South African brought up a, um, a point that was quite valid and he was talking about tracks. And he said, but there is an element in many, in many religions, including our own African culture and religion, that can tend to monopolize and try and um, obliterate what's around it. For example, the Khrushchev in South Africa wiping out an entire ethnic group due to the fact of their, them refusing to be absorbed into the kind of Khrushchev faction. And, yes. and I, I wasn't aware of that history, but that was something that was... That so many people are quite bitter about it, and it has out there. Yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead, no, finish, go ahead. And it, and, it, and it happens also in within ourselves. It happens, it, it, and even when we're talking about Igbo spirituality, and it was really interesting to hear you speaking to Kineme when you were saying to her about um, going to your own village and knowing what they deal with first um, before trying to lump all Igbos together. Because as we know, not all Igbos are the same in, in kind of quotation marks. We are Igbo by language. Um, or maybe by some social ideals, but where a lot of us are different. For example, um, my my mom is is Onisha on one side, as I said, and but she's a direct descendant from Kogi State. She's Igala. She speaks Igala language to this day, but she's from Onisha. So um, it's quite interesting how you are saying it's. Okay. It's also to understand that it's not just Christianity and Islam. On the other side, it's there. For let me let me push back. Yeah, let me push back on something. And the, here's the pushback. The pushback is, I understand what the person was saying in that room where you in that there are there are elements of every tradition or religion to obliterate every sub practices around it. But if you heard me earlier talking in this room about evils, I told you we are free. To do whatever we want, you can even create your own God and stuff. The Igbo culture does not impose our religion, our native religion, on our neighbors. Why do I tell you this? I'm an Igbo kid, but I'm also a reverse kid. I straddle both sides. And we had the opportunity to dominate all of what was called the Old Biafra, that province. 
The evil man is not trying to teach you his God. The evil man just wants to celebrate his God and eat it and stay there. It's not the same thing like when you have like, okay, Islam or Christianity that wants to tell you your religion is rubbish. This is the right religion. And if you don't do this, you're dead. Islam will actually enforce it. 